Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Anne Donahoe, Lewis Goldberg, and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. Today, Anne and Nick are talking with Dan Muller, founder and CEO of Aeropay, a financial technology company founded in 2017, whose alternative payments platforms gives cannabis businesses the ability to accept digital payments, both in person and online. We all know that just because cannabis is legal in a lot of states doesn't mean that it's easy to pay for or that it's easy to bank as a cannabis business. Today, most businesses in our industry still rely on cash because they're considered a high-risk payment category due to the illegal status of marijuana at the federal level. Most mainstream banks and payment networks don't want anything to do with cannabis, but there are a growing number of companies like Aeropay that are willing to take the chance to support legal cannabis payments. This is a really important topic that Ann and Nick tackle in depth with Dan. So don't sit back, lean forward. Now on to the conversation. Dan Muller, founder and CEO of Aeropay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of, of what your company does, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what drew you to the cannabis industry? Yeah, sure. I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so a little bit about me, um, originally from the New York City based area, moved to Chicago to help found an office here for a tech firm called GP Shopper. Um, my background specifically is in products and engineering, built hundreds of digital solutions for large brands and retailers from, you know, exposed to everything in the e-commerce payments, in-store processing space. And just really tired of a lot of the legacy software and payment systems that just weren't working for, you know, the large retail space. And noticed that um, really through a through a solution that circumvents kind of traditional methods, we could create something that's more streamlined, more affordable, faster, and more secure. And when looking at industries that are the most underserved in the payment space, you know, cannabis is right at the top of the list. Yeah, what's so, higher? <laughs> oh, no pun yeah, intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so you know, we've been working hard in the payment space the last few years. And then this year, it just became extremely apparent that cannabis, you know, would be the ideal market for us and to bring our solution to the space. So kind of happened organically as well as planned. Um, and we're just really excited about the work we're doing in this space. So can you give us some more background on just how the technology works? How is it that you guys are, are circumventing, um, as you said, you know, and then how is that really benefiting uh, the cannabis, the businesses in the long run? Yeah, sure. So Aeropay, you know, in an overview is an alternative payment platform that facilitates business payments to what we call a smart bank transfer. So on the front end of things, we streamline user experience and do things to qualify the nature of payments, make them safer, more secure. And they never go through your traditional payment mechanisms that are kind of the most popular today. So if you think about um, card swipes, right? Card networks or manual check, e-check or cash. 
we really just go around that entirely and facilitate a pass-through band transfer between the sending and receiving bank accounts. So when you're making an, a payment on AeroPay, you're making it from your bank account to a business's bank account. And we also facilitate payments in the B2B space um, and the, the, you know, the experience can differ depending on the type of use case. We serve all use cases and all verticals. So everything from in-store payments through QR codes, online uh, retail e-commerce payments, uh, full B2B payments through invoicing. And like I said, the main, the main concept is that we just never go through traditional methods. And because it's streamlined, and more efficient, we can do things like reduce the cost of transactions, right? In the traditional industry, it's, it's less, you know, much less expensive than a card, right, from interchange. Um, it's much more efficient than cash. Um, it's a lot easier to use than e-check or manual check when you have to do routing and account numbers and things like that. And, and so how much of your business, because you guys don't only work in the cannabis space, so how much of your business is in, in cannabis? And, you know, we're going through COVID-19. There's been a lot of um, challenges that, that these cannabis businesses have been facing over the last couple of months. Have you seen an uptick in your business um, during the pandemic? Yeah, I would say one of, the, you know, one of the major things that it's called attention to is the idea of contactless payments, where, you know, primarily today, contact contactless equals card not present transactions, right? Because when you are making a contactless payment today, it's facilitated through a card network. So the business still pays at high interchange rate. Um, we want to provide an alternative. We're not saying we're going to replace everything that's out there, but provide an alternative where contactless can really mean streamlined bank transfer payments that are as you know affordable as a, as a cash transaction or close to that. Um, and so as far as kind of the breakdown of our business, we're primarily focused in non-cannabis and I'd say, you know, cannabis is catching up really quick. I mean, the adoption has been super fast. Um, you know, we're creating partnerships with the best of breed companies in the space that realize that, you know, the industry has really been waiting for an enterprise level platform and solution in payments, um, that does it the right way. And that's, and that's really what our focus has been in cannabis. For your other clients in this space, I mean, we've we've been in the cannabis space for six to seven years, uh, and you know, being in a in a very traditional industry like public and investor relations, like the payments industry, getting into a burgeoning industry that is federally illegal, you know, isn't palatable to a lot of other people. Um, you know, and we kind of went through, we had some clients questioning us, like, what are, what are you guys doing here? Is it legal? Um, how do you navigate that with your other businesses, with your other lines of business? A and was it an uphill battle for you? Yeah, the short answer is just keeping it clear and transparent. You know, the idea is that we can't do what we do without our financial institution partners, right? So we're really a technology company. We're not a money transmitter, but we're a fintech technology company that's working with FIs in the space that enable us to create these smart bank transfers. Um, so we go through, you know, very strict compliance and, and regulatory checks on our business and everything's dynamically routed. So you know, depending on the business, the use case, is it high risk, not high risk, we will automatically route it to the appropriate FI behind the scenes that's actually facilitating the, the transfer of funds from point A to point and B. And FI is and financial we, institution, right? Okay. That's right. Yeah, our bank partners. And we just, we don't hide it. You know, the, the, I think the space has suffered from, 
you know, folks trying to either mask what, what's really happening behind the scenes or create you know, a gift card, crypto, offshore banking type solution and eventually gets shut down, money gets stuck in escrow. These problems are so well known. And our approach has just been, here's exactly what we're doing, how we're doing it, and how we plan to serve your business or partner with you. And overwhelmingly, it's been like, wow, that, that's a pretty different approach than, than what we've seen so far. And so that's, that's our answer is transparency. So I have a quick follow-up here. So how, I guess, do you navigate the regulatory process? So in other words, why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah, I'd say that there's some other folks that know that bank transfer is the right concept. I think the implementation can vary, right? And so, and that and that can be, you know, as as granular as you know the lines of code that you write, um, as well as just your mantras and how you work with FIs and how you approach states. Our work started with state regulators because the bu- the buck will always stop, you know, at the state examiner level. So if you're not being open with with them directly, you know, eventually they're, they're going to find, find out. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's only there's it's only time, right? That's the only difference. So instead of you know doing what we're doing, starting at the business level and then getting stopped, eventually we just decided to present it directly prior to entering the space. And then that's how we actually qualified our bank partners is through examiners. So when the examiners are coming in and they're, you know, uncovering everything that that bank is doing for the space, they're going to see, Oh, they're working with Aeropay, but we know Aeropay because, you know, we've seen what type of business they are and how they move money and how they're operating their technology. Um, we're going that extra level to present it directly to state examiners. And I think that's, that's the major differentiator for us and not just relying on the bank, although the bank is a huge um, kind of advocate for what we're doing. I want to jump back to talk about just how crazy it is that the cannabis industry has gotten this far and is still so dependent on literal cash. You know, in the next five years, one of the projections you're seeing is that, you know, sales could reach up to $30 billion. Can, can you expand on just why this is so insane and and talk about what the the challenges and issues that are, uh, you know, being raised because of all this cash within the market? Yeah. I mean, just cash is, cash is a problem beyond, you know, it, you know, it sucks to carry it, but it's, (laughs) it's a problem for, you know, the, the operations, the safety concerns now with COVID, the, the risks, delivery is more popular. You're hearing folks get, held up at gunpoint when they're making deliveries because they know the delivery drivers have a ton of cash on them. I mean, ultimately it's, it's just, and we always talk about the cashless equation, but you know, in cannabis, it really cashless isn't an option until you have a digital bank transfer alternative, which is what we're trying to bring to the market. So the problem, the problems are widespread, but I think one thing we need to consider is the revenue generating side of cannabis for you know, the states, right? And how that money flows. Are we just dropping off bags of cash to the government so that they can collect the right revenue? Now, yes. or, <laughs> right, right now, yes. Right now, yes, exactly. So I think one of the things we need to think about is how we streamline that process and make it easy for tax collection and the government to get friendly around this or investigative tools to make sure that there's no money laundering risk. Um, so it's not just experience or operations. It's the way it's governed and regulated and managed and investigated. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're trying to share is that there's a path to making everything more normalized um, when you get cash out of the equation. Well, I think it's so interesting that that on one side, the cannabis industry is so highly regulated. A lot of people would say overregulated. Um, but when it comes to banking and when it comes to, you know, the digitization of it, 
that's the best way to keep records. It's the best way to stop money laundering. It's the best way to show legitimate, you know, business revenue. Uh, so the fact that it's, you have this kind of dichotomy between highly, highly regulated and then, oh no, you have to just drop off bags of cash. Like that's just such a, like, you know, th there's no question there. That's just me kind of thinking like that's bonkers. Yeah. High risk, high transparency. Like that's, that's, that's the, the name of the game. And one of the reasons why when we go to market and present to new states and examiners and FIs, we're like, don't just use this as a tool to either make money or make it easier for the businesses, but a, a way to have a window into all of the money movement on behalf of the industry. Um, and, and we, and we're transparent with our businesses about that too. We don't serve clients that are, let's say, doing a DBA at a large national bank. They have to have a compliant bank account with, you know, a cannabis enabled bank that's regionally, um, you know, allowed to do it, allowed to work with that space. Um, and so, and so that's why we take that extra step. I want to talk about, go ahead, Nick. Oh, sorry. I was going to say you, you brought up, uh, you know, the States that you're working with. Can you talk about what States you're, you're currently operational in and then, um, how you guys are monitoring, you know, the November 3rd election with the additional States looking to pass, you know, different recreational and medical, um, legislation. Yeah, so we're, we can work in any med and rec state, um, multi-state compliant, and we're really lucky in that our bank partners have worked really hard to be upfront with all of the med and rec states to compliantly bank the MRBs, marijuana-related businesses in those states. Um, so we are sort of appended to the work that they've done to either work with other banks in those states to bank the space or they themselves bank the space in those states. Um, and so we're excited about the idea of, you know, more med and rec states. Um, we can serve them on day one. That's pretty rare for payments companies in our space to be able to do that. Um, and again, it, it just starts with our work with the states, with the, with the FIs and, you know, our ability to quickly onboard both consumers and businesses and then launch um, with our technology. And those technologies can be, you know, static, right? We can work in any environment in store alongside any point of sale system or integrated. Um, so integrated into the point of sale systems and e-commerce solutions, um, which were kind of in discussions with, you know, all the major players in that space. And, and we're excited about, you know, what early next year looks like, um, you know, with a lot of those things going live. Talking about early next year, um, we might have a new administration. No one knows yet. Um, the Biden and Harris, the Biden Harris, uh, you know, it, it platform is a little fuzzy when it comes to cannabis. Um, but I think, uh, decriminalization is something that, um, that I think is probably where their heads are at, but I, it is obviously not a priority. Um, but that said, how would the decrim movement, make, I would assume it would make more banks more willing to accept cannabis companies as customers. What does that do to your business? Cause you're kind of filling a gap. You're, you're filling a, a, an unmet need to use medical biotech jargon, um, for a space that, that isn't working the way a normal business would work. So what does normalization do for you post legalization or post decrim? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things to think about is that doesn't mean full legalization. So I think, you know, incumbent payment companies are still going to see the industry as high risk for a while. Right. And so high risk means added costs, low approval rates, 
I mean, just ask kind of the CBD industry um, where they are sort of towing this line between, you know, being able to serve kind of the national market, but it's still being considered high risk. Um, so the solutions are, are pretty bare. And one, you know, that's one side of it. The second side is that we're one of the few companies in the space that equally serves non-cannabis and cannabis. We have the know-how, but we know what kind of the value props against traditional methods really are. And so we are going to share that once it is fully legal. And we want to help kind of shepherd the industry into a fully legal state where, you know, an alternative payment is still something that exists, is prevalent, reduces chargeback, reduces NSF, reduces the risks around, you know, cards and cash, um, and keeps things pretty affordable. Why should it cost up to 60 billion in card fees to move money from point A to point B? That seems ridiculous these days. Um, and so it's the same problems that we're seeing widespread in the payments industry, you know, not existing today because it's really around cash and the problems around that. But the segue is important. And we think that if there's enough innovation that we create within the cannabis space, maybe we invert the model and bring those outward into the mainstream non-cannabis industry. Um, so, so we see ourselves as advocates for payments innovation, starting our work in cannabis and high risk, and then really expanding outward from there and providing a true alternative once, you know, we see cash kind of really de declining and going away overall. I want to jump back to talking about, you know, AeroPay as a business. You guys recently uh, announced a, a seed fundraising round to, to accelerate your growth. Can you expand on, you know, how much you raise and what particular areas of growth you're looking at? Yeah, sure. So the, we're not disclosing the terms of the actual investment, but what we can say about it is that, you know, we're looking to make a few key additional hires within the kind of the product engineering side, the sales side, the customer support side. I think we thought cannabis would be good for the business. You know, it's, it's been even better. I think the pain is, is so widespread um, that once you get over the hump of, oh, here's another payments company trying to sell me something or talk about something, and we're really not sure about kind of what's going on and then say, okay, no, this is actually, you know, you know, a legitimate business that's enterprise level, the conversation moves quite quickly. Um, so it's, it's really going to expanding our footprint in the space, facilitating the integrations that I mentioned, um, being able to work with the largest of companies, multi-state operators, um, and then going and expanding to other, you know, select high-risk industries. You know, we see like CBD. <laughs> yeah, like what I would say CBD, digital assets, um, on-prem gaming, um, you know, sports gaming, things like that, things that are still considered high-risk high chargeback rates, um, bad payments experiences are natural fits for our business. Can you talk about some of the partnerships? Um, you guys have recently announced, I think with Safe Harbor Private Banking. Um, you know, how do you how do you approach these partners? And and I guess the the sale is basically what, what you just said, right? I have to believe that's music to their ears. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're so excited about our partnership with Safe Harbor and Partner Colorado. They've been, you know, an advocate pioneer for financial services and cannabis for a long time. Um, I'd say they've seen everybody, know everybody in the financial services space in cannabis. And to get their seal of approval and working with them, um, I think is, is incredible validation of our business. Um, they're, they're just amazing people. And, you know, we're excited about where they're kind of taking the entire space. 
we are sort of riding that wave, but also providing kind of, you know, best of breed technology that allows them to serve their clients with our, with our tech and, and their partners. Um, and so that's, that's the vision, right? Create that foundation. So that's how we think about partnerships is create a foundation, whether it's, you know, in store, online, uh, B2B, you know, from the entire seat to sale process, you know, for wholesalers, cultivators, you know, dispensary retail, whatever it is, we want to be within the infrastructure level of the space and really plug in everywhere. So that money movement becomes kind of this natural expectation all the way to the point where, you know, taxes are settling, um, you know, seamlessly to the government, you know, money's moving for B2B payments, e-commerce omni-channel strategies can be finally implemented. Um, so that's, that's the way we see kind of partnerships. All right, Dan, I want you to, you pull out your, your crystal ball here. We're going to have you start looking a little bit towards the future. Sure. You know, you, we've talked a little bit about like what it could look like next year with there's decriminalization and how that affects your business. But what's your long-term outlook for banking and payments for the cannabis industry? Like what, I, and I think I want to make this twofold, twofold, you know, what's, what do you see as long-term outlook and what's most exciting to you about this right now? Yeah, I would say, so payments innovation is by far my, my most exciting component about, you know, where we could take um, the cannabis space, right? Because it's, it's, it's so underserved and such a green field industry um, to be able to leapfrog, I would say, incumbent industries where uh, incentive structure is changing, right? So we're so accustomed to the idea of, you know, swiping card, getting rewards. But if you can create affinity direct to that merchant, that merchant saves and you earn without a third party kind of taking a piece of the merchants to fund the customer incentive, right? So changing incentive structure, changing the way we think about kind of pricing. If a merchant has to pay those fees, they have to lift those prices. Um, so I'd say economic incentive for, you know, both sides of the equation is something that we hold near and dear to our hearts and, and want to change long term. We think that levels the playing field for how you move money, um, you know, from point A to point B in consumer payments. So that's really kind of part of the payments innovation we would love to establish in cannabis and move outward. As far as financial services, you know, we will see more and more FIs get comfortable with the space, more banks get comfortable with the space. Also, you know, you'll start to see larger banking institutions um, start to create kind of pilot programs for businesses that are considered stable and doing things the right way. Uh, license holders, you know, you're starting to see, you know, states be very public about where license, um, you know, marijuana licenses are going to. Um, so I think everybody's going to just start talking about, you know, how to appropriately bank the space, provide financial services to the space, um, and then just general kind of management of money movement in the space is, is going to kind of mature is the big thing for, for next year. From a 30,000 foot view, and I guess talking next year and beyond, um, I think COVID-19 has impacted every business, every industry globally, right? And it's, this is unprecedented, basically, what's, what's happening. But I, it cool. does seem to have accelerated the, uh, the cashless transaction. I mean, so like, I, I was, you know, in, in a coffee shop the other day, and they're like, cash only. And I'm like, what? Like, okay. Um, but and I took out like the, the $20 bill that's been in my wallet for the last four months. Um, you know, so I think it really has accelerated the exception, the, the, the acceptance and the adoption of cashless payments. When do you think cash is going to be outdated? 
If you're asking me, I think it is for the sentiment that you just expressed, right? You know, caring, it's annoying. You know, you have that kind of reserve amount in your wallet for the just in case concept, you know, just in case it's a cash only, just in case, you know, I have to tip things like that. Um, you know, in cannabis, it's, it's a problem, you know, we know, well, we have to go to the ATM, if you do a cashless ATM transaction, there's the roundup and then masking what it, you know, what a card transaction actually is. Um, so I would say COVID's called attention to contactless, right? But until contactless really means more options, um, it's really going to always mean a card. And it's just something kind of the U.S. payments landscape hasn't really been able to change thinking on. Um, that's why we're seeing kind of high risk as a way to evangelize new concepts in payments. And if we're doing it right there, we can do it right in traditional industries that are so tied to, you know, card or, or e-check manual check transactions, which are really dated. I mean, in other countries, you're already starting to see the nature of digital bank transfers that are more affordable. Yeah, like, you know, Asia, Scandinavia, I mean, these are, these are areas where, you know, maybe they weren't as, so, as tied to cards, so innovation became easy and they leapfrogged kind of the, the way to kind of move money on behalf of consumer payments. So if you're asking me, I think, I think cash is, is dated on the decline for the sentiment you mentioned, and I think we have to establish alternatives, whether it's us, we hope it's us, you're already seeing peer-to-peer -peer alternatives kind of remove that from the equation, right? You know, Venmo, Cash App, Zells of the world have already changed the way we pay each other. Um, so it just needs to extend to businesses, extend to enterprise, and then I'll, and I, then I think you could see it really go away. So just sticking with the COVID nineteen topic, you know, through the last couple of months, what have been some of the lessons that you know you guys have learned, whether it be you know communicating with with clients, prospective clients, or just understanding how the space is evolving? What what has been you know you know really insightful that you've learned over this time? Yeah, urgency. Um, I'd say urgency is key, right? It's, it's I need to get I need to get a safe environment. I need to get set up for curbside. Um, I need e-com. You know, I need delivery. I need an e-commerce platform so that my customers can make those orders and and pick up when they get to the store. And if they're making those orders, well, I need to have some form of prepayment because it's important that they don't make those orders and abandon and abandon the order as the you know butt tender employees put those things together. Um, you know, and, and then the contactless equation of keeping environments safe. So urgency has been the biggest thing. You know, we've seen conversations move quickly as a result, but I'd say our, our biggest hurdle is, you know, the folks that have been burned in the past by things that aren't compliant or dancing around the, the truth of, you know, what, how money's moving from point A to point B. And if there's one thing that I just kind of love to leave the entire market with, is you know you don't have to do non-compliant solutions anymore and we can work with you know any type of environment whether that's online in-store b2b to move money compliantly quickly affordably um you know in a way that fulfills that urgency dan you have been so gracious with your time we've got our last question for you um we asked this you know to uh all of our guests when we, when we close out our show but you know you, you've expanded on a lot of different stuff when it comes to payments within the space, but you know, what do you think is the biggest untold story in cannabis right now? You know, is there something that's keeping you up at night that, that reporters aren't talking about or the industry isn't talking about that you think should be like that a one New York times story or something like that? I would say it's, um, 
the, the revenue generating side of the cannabis industry and how it's been able to keep a portion of the economy up and running, people employed, you know, I think is, is, is untold. You know, you look at it and, and obviously there's the overall story of, you know, decriminalization and, and you know, federal legality and where that is and the lack of services. But what about the, the folks that are keep being kept employed and services and ancillary businesses around it and software businesses and a company like ours being, being able to raise funds during a global pandemic, right? Um, so it's not just the industry itself that's moving money, but it's all of the layers and the ripple effect of um, a really strong industry and the way it's positively affecting the overall economy during such a difficult time. I think it's a story that needs to be told um, more effectively, a bit louder, and everybody in the industry should be proud of the work they're doing. You know, it's, it's beyond just buying a plant and feeling good. It's, you know, I can't express the amount of intense work, effort, given all the changing regulation and all the moving, you know, moving goals and moving baskets, being able to kind of work within in that environment and bust their tails to make it happen. And I think you're starting to see some of the smartest people enter the space because it is such a complex and hairy problem to go in and, and try these new innovative ways of doing things is another untold story. Um, I've met some of the brightest minds in the space that are trying to do really difficult things well. And, and I think those two things are, are, are things that we could talk more about. Dan Muller, CEO and founder at Aeropay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. This was awesome. A special thanks to Dan Moeller, founder and CEO at AeroPay. Make sure you go check out um, their Twitter and their LinkedIn. Their Twitter is at AeropayCannabis, and their LinkedIn is just AeroPay. Um, go learn more about them. They're a great company. As always, you guys, thanks for listening to us. If you want to chat with us more, find us on Twitter at the handle at the underscore GreenRush or on Instagram at the GreenRush underscore podcast. Um, as we said last week, drop us an email and loves reading everybody's comments. She's going through all of them. Um, you can reach us at greenrush at kcsa.com. Um, and don't forget, subscribe to the Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. And if you're not, get on our newsletter. And that's one take, Shay. We're all set. You didn't do it right. I know I didn't do it right. Do I it again. Fuck that up. No, <laughs> it's one take. <laughs> <laughs>